Welcome to Sing Those Cubby Blues. I'm David Bloomberg, alongside David Westgreen. What? What? There you are. It's me! Hi. Let's do it. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been. But we've found a way to host without me going bankrupt, basically, so we're back. Right, you may be listening to us on a new website. You may have noticed what the link is. I th- we've we've looked at this website. It's a pretty good website. What's it called? Pinecast. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's the host. Yeah. So you're probably still mm-hmm. listening to it on whatever you use for podcasts. Except now we've migrated away from SoundCloud. So there you go. I think we'll. Uh, I think we'll be we'll be good to go for the future, and we'll have some more content out, which is really exciting. Yeah, we're going to try to get you more, more often, more Sing Those Cubby Blues stuff. But, uh, so, what did we want to, where do we want to go first with the Cubs? It's been a long while. It's been a while. Tonight, Jinho sang, well, actually, we, uh, we, right we, as we uh, started, sorry, yeah. <laughs> right as we started, we realized that uh, Jinho sang, which is how it's spelled and how I've thought of it for a long time. Uh, is is not actually the pronunciation um, in Chinese. It's it's different, and people were bringing that to attention on Twitter. So we were like, oh, I guess we can't talk about him. We don't know what his name is. Um, uh, we'll do our best. Yeah. Um, for now, I think we'll. What's the translate? It's Renho Renho Tseng or something. It's very close, but not the same. It's a uh, Renhu Sing. Okay, there you go. Renhu Sing something. Renhu like Sing. Yeah, so that, we'll, that's we'll, about as we'll close. Just, we'll call him Tsang. Yeah, you know, you know who we're talking about. We we know the la- the last name we're pretty close on the pronunciation of. So, yeah. so the he's he's the Cubs minor league pitcher of the year, which is that's not a small feat, and that's the second time he's done that. Yeah, he uh, did it did it in his first professional season, and then uh, he did it this year as well. You know, he he did it way back when he was uh, eighteen. And first came into the well, his first full professional season, so he would have been like 19 years old. That was when he was uh, at what was then Kane County, and the level that is now South Bend for the Cubs. Um, had a great season that year. Uh, had over a, he had a K rate over 21 percent, which is fine. It's not exceptional, but he had wa- a walk rate under 4 percent. That same season in his first full season as a professional at the A-ball level, which is extraordinary. So that spread between K and Walk was just excellent. Uh, he's a great command profile guy. He throws about four. He throws four pitches uh, with a fastball that ranges from the high 80s into the low 90s, very reminiscent of a certain Kyle Hendricks. Um, it, not that we should be making those direct comparisons yet, but the style, stylistically, he is similar. He utilizes his changeup and his curveball. He utilizes his off-speed pitches to set up his higher-speed stuff, uh, the same way Hendricks does. Uh, they're complementary pitches. So, and he uh, he'd fallen off the radar for a few years here. Not, I mean, not with every Cubs prospecting person, but uh, you know, he started out so well in the organization in his 
like the age 19 season that uh, it was hard for him to go up from there. And he faced a, a few struggles here or there, which is uh, normal for a young pitcher. But uh, now he's he's been excellent at double-A AA and triple-A this season, and now he ascends to the majors to make a spot start tonight. It, it, makes, it does make me laugh because every smaller uh, starting pitcher who doesn't throw 90 miles an hour gets compared to Kyle Hendricks right now just because Kyle Hendricks just came off a Cy Young caliber season in the majors throwing 88. And so now every pitcher, you know, Jen Ho Sang and uh, Ren Ho Chang and um, Zach Davies on the Brewers and there's some other ones that just get compared to him now because he is the prototype. He's the first one who's come into the velocity era and gone, I don't need to strike people out. I just need to get them to not hit the ball hard. And there are these guys having success with that now. Zach Davies, I mean, we just saw him and he just dominated the Cubs. The dude is a good pitcher and like – you know, I think Jen, you know, Ren Ho Chang, he can be that guy. He doesn't walk people, which is he, he's never walked people. Even in his bad year, which is just a year in Double A where he didn't strike that many people out, he still wasn't walking anybody. His walk rates hovered at six percent at every level, and right, that's a yeah. that's that's something that if he's just missing barrels, the dude's going to have some success. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it's just something you know he can do well. And, it, and, I mean, it's interesting to see uh, how he'll do that and what he'll do with that. And, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. For sure, for sure. He, he's at 53% ground ball rate at AAA. Uh, if, he can, if he can do something like that, he's going to have some, some really good success. I, I, and fielding independent pitching doesn't like him. FIP doesn't like him uh, this year at AAA. But at Double A this year, his spread between ERA and FIP was uh, it was like a third of a run. I mean, he he's the kind of guy who he's if he has success, he's going to maintain probably at least a one run gap between his ERA and FIP. But Kyle Hendricks did that last year and sustained it all year, and then the second half this year, he's doing the same thing, where he is getting results that are not indicative of like you know FIP comes kind of from strikeouts and walks, what a pitcher can control. And Kyle Hendricks, he, he relies on a good defense, and he relies on missing barrels and creating soft contact. And that's that. It, this guy's going to get to work with Kyle Hendricks. I just think he's going to – the professor's going to do some teaching. Yeah, I think it's going to be an excellent opportunity for him to be around the major league team and get a feel for what that's like and get a chance to be around what that's like. And then I think he likely goes into next season as the number six starter. I think he's the first man up. And I think for the future, he's very important. You know, I think that he could, as soon as next season, be a feature in the rotation at some point. And definitely by 2019 would probably be installed in the rotation. He's very young still. What, he's 22, I think? He, he is about to turn 23. About to turn October 23, 3rd. yeah. Yep. So he's still, I mean, that's very young for any prospect, but especially for pitching prospects. And so it's easy for people to forget that. They think of him like he's much older since he's been in the system. He signed with us in that great IFA class that had Torres and Jimenez uh, back when he was an 18-year-old out of uh, Taiwan. So mm -hmm. so he's been with us since he was uh, 18. 
He's a name we've heard thrown around. He's gone up prospect list. He's dropped back down prospect lists. Now he's back up, you know, and it's, I, I, I like this and it's because it's the, one of the first homegrown pitchers since, did we have another homegrown pitcher start this year? No, this is the first like homegrown starter that the Cubs have gotten to develop. And if he has success, this is the kind of thing we're going to be expecting from some of these guys coming up, which I'm excited about. Yeah, um, I mean, you're going to see a lot of that. You know, Alzale made it to double A this season. Uh, huge. H- Hatch was at high A and will probably start next season at double uh, A. Um, so, I mean, you're going to see some of those guys get to that level. You're going to start to see some of those guys get close. Alec Mills is going to be pitching in the Arizona Fall League to recover his lost time from this season and will likely start out at AAA next season real close to the majors. So we're going to have... We're going to have some guys getting close, uh, and the guys further down in the system, as they continue to work their way up, are going to get more and more exciting. I mean, you know, you'll you'll see Albertos at full season A ball. He'll be in his first full <laughs> he'll be in his first full season league next year, uh, so that'll be fun. I. He's, he's he's eight. He's about to turn nineteen. Like yeah, he's a teenager. The so. dude, the dude's, the dude's still a teenager, and he is a really good prospect. I. But I mean, it's. He, I just I just pulled up his. He is striking out guys at what is that? Lower A, at twenty eight percent rate, which is a ten point nine K per nine. I mean, he is he is th- blowing them away. The dude is way above his, where he's at right now. He's nineteen. And uh, so. <laughs> So Tseng hasn't he hasn't been the sexiest name among the pitching prospects, but he is one of our better pitching prospects. He is a very good pitching prospect. And guys like him, they are important because that you know, a rotation at some point, whether it's at the back end of the rotation or somewhere in the middle or even up front, you have to be able to find starters from within your own system that can help sustain your rotation because you can't buy free agents for all five spots. It's impossible. Right. Uh, so, I mean, we have Hendricks, obviously, and we have Lester locked up for a while still as well. And Montgomery is going to be here next season. And Quintana through uh, 2020 mm-hmm. or 2021, I'm not. It's 2020. 2020. Through 2020. 2020, mm-hmm. yeah. Quintana through 2020. Uh, so we're not doing too poorly on that end as far as having starters who can slot in. But it's really important to have someone like him. Uh, it takes a lot of the burden off of the front office and off of our financial situation to have someone like him who can slot into a rotation in the future. Uh makes you more confident that the Cubs, if they decide to go out and get like a bridge guy in the offseason for the back of the rotation for a year or two, it would be easier to replace that person. And that's a good thing. That's definitely a good thing. Because we have that post-2018 free agent class, and we're not going to get too much into that here. But I think everyone knows that class looms over us. That's going to be the big money free agent class. The Cubs are going to want to be involved, even with uh, Hayward's Mm -hmm. contract on the books. We'd be able to be involved so long as we can keep external costs down. 
And Singh is one of those guys, he provides an opportunity to keep costs low. If he can provide solid fourth or fifth starter innings well into the future for this team, then that's a win. That's a, that's a, He could even be better than that. It's always possible. You, but if he does that, mm-hmm. he's going to save us real money, and he's going to be excellent for this team, and we will consider that a big win in our player development and our scouting. Yep. Tonight's, tonight, in other words, tonight's a big night. If, Jeno, if Ren Ho Chang uh, provides adic- more than adequate, if the man can shut down the Mets, uh, the, what is the Mets? Uh, I don't even know if this is the Mets. This is a shell of the Mets team that started the year. If, if he can shut down this team, which I believe he will, it won't be, oh, he's the future. But it will, it will be, he can shut down a major league lineup and that, that's all he needs to do. I, I want to see, you know, six innings, you know, two, three runs, give us a chance to win. And in the, he's pitching in a game for the Cubs in the division race. That is, yeah, I mean, that is huge. It's tight, man. It, it's, it's re- a real close race. We're, mm-hmm. you know, we're, the Cardinals won this afternoon, so we are sitting here on September 14th, and so the Cardinals won. That makes it two and a half up on the Cardinals and two and a half up on the Brewers. Mm-hmm. And what we do tonight will uh, be important, obviously. We just need to keep winning. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, that's the that's the idea. And people are saying, like, so why did they bring him in to start this game right now in the midst of this race? Well, this would have been a game Mike Montgomery would have started. Mm-hmm. But we had, you know, we decided to move Montgomery back to the bullpen. It's not that Montgomery wasn't doing fine as a starter, which he was. And it was interesting watching him pitch as a starter. He was doing quite well. Um, but, I mean... The bullpen has been a problem, right? So that's been the bigger issue, right? We knew Montgomery wasn't going to be a starting pitcher for us in the playoffs. He's already pitched about 16 innings above his previous career high. Uh, Mm. So you want to get him away from going five or six per appearance. Try not to burn him out here at the end. Uh, But, I mean, so Justin Wilson, right? So well, we haven't talked about even acquiring him. Uh, just a just a note: Montgomery has one win above replacement as a starter. He's running a 4.05 FIP, which in this in this environment is good. Um, and he is walk. He, his walk rate is the highest among the Cubs starters, and is really really close though to jake's he is he honestly slots right in he is doing just fine is what i'm taking from the the numbers i've looked at he's made 12 starts he and quintana have made similar number of starts and quintana is ahead of him but not by a ton and q is uh 3.65 fit but so yeah uh so the cubs made other trades after we talked and remember we love quintana i love Coach yeah quintana. i still i love he quintana is, and he's, he's really, awesome and he's and really he's He's really coming into his own with us too. Like he's starting to get yeah. into his groove. So, I am so angry at people who are like Quintana's not even that good. I'm like, 
Are you kidding me? The dude, every time he goes out, he looks like the best Cubs, the best Cubs pitcher we've got. And Kyle Hendricks still looks really good. But Quintana is just. Yeah, man, I mean, he is, he is so electric. He's got he's really, really good. And it is a wonderful thought that we get to have him for the next three seasons, even after this. Which is a big part of what this was about. Like, obviously, it makes us better in the short term, clearly. But it was also like, oh, well, he doesn't just make us better right now, but he'll also make us a better team next year and the year after that and the year after that. On an extremely team-friendly deal, might I add, uh, where we're not gonna we're not gonna be paying him 20 or 25 million a year to pitch for us, so we get the production of like a number one or number two starter. Uh, for way, way below market value on that. Mm-hmm. So, definitely excellent. And I, I, I love him as a pitcher. Just love what he brings to the table. He's, uh, you know, he's never been a super high strikeout guy, but he does enough of it. Uh, <laughs> his his strikeout rate with us right now it would be his career high if if it was a full season at at this rate. He is he is striking out the most hitters with the Cubs that he has ever struck out. Yeah, and the the, in, the interesting thing is, like, I mean, home run prevention is kind of his thing, right? So like, And he's been giving up he's been giving up home runs, which you got to you I mean, you know, it's... Uh, that'll come back down. And a big part of that, too, is, like, everyone is giving up home runs this year. Yep. It's, I mean, everyone... Every, ev- basically, everyone not named Clayton Kershaw is... And even him a little bit. No, Kershaw's Kershaw's home run rate is up there, man. The one who's not giving up home runs was uh, is Michael Fulmer. He's the lowest. He's got like the lowest home run per fly ball. But I mean, like even the best pitchers in baseball. Oh, have... just kidding. In- Andrew Kashner's is lower. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that by that, by like one percent. Former yeah, Cubs, for, former Cubs legend. Yeah, former Andrew Cubs Kashner. legend. Thanks for, thanks for uh, Rizzo. Anthony Rizzo. Thanks for Rizzo. Yeah, I'd rather have Rizzo. Anyway, yeah, me too. But I wish him I wish him well because his tr- the trade allowed us to grab Rizzo. So I I wish him all the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Oh, the trade was for Rizzo, <laughs> straight up. Yeah, um, no, it was. Yeah. So you know that we traded for some other people. Um, Justin Wilson <laughs> and Alex Avila. N- yes, and a. Justin Wilson gets a lot of hate, especially because he's not been good thus far. I, I, it's he's pitched twelve innings. I'm. He you, I understand. I understand the the like, but there are people like, oh, you can't trust him in the playoffs, and I'm like, well, I mean, right guys. now we, right now as it stands, we probably really couldn't trust him very much in a high leverage situation. I think that's fair, but I mean. It doesn't mean it's a bad deal, and it doesn't mean that it was a bad trade. Wilson's always been an excellent reliever. His entire time in Major League Baseball as a reliever, he's generally been excellent. Mm -hmm. And making that trade, you know, we get him beyond this year, too. There's Mm -hmm. multiple years of control, and, I mean, that is really important. And also, like, if in the next few weeks he does look more like himself again then obviously he is then obviously that is a big deal mm-hmm. yeah i he's he's pitched 12 innings guys just calm down he's not a we can't judge we can't judge him based on that 
He's walked too many people. He knows that. We know that. Everybody knows that. He's walked too many people. Micah, and he's gonna he's gonna bring it back. Micah, he's gonna get that back. He's a good pitcher. My guess would be that he'll be typically excellent again next season. Like he'll that's, come back and he'll be guess. he'll be excellent again next season. And whatever's going on with him right now, I mean, it sucks. The timing is bad, but like. It's also baseball, and it's also bullpen yep. pitching. Like it's relieving. Like that is just how it works. Yep. No, no, nothing you do in baseball is without risk. So, oh. <laughs> I mean, and Avila, you know, he's he's not a great defensive catcher, but he can hit. Alex Avila has been an absolute godsend, man. He the, he has buoyed the lineup. So nicely, and it was um, and it was especially important to have him while Contreras was out. I mean, yes, we were winning games without Contreras. That's not to say we're not better with him, but we were winning games. We it, were winning losing. Quite... Losing him didn't hurt as much as I was very worried that it would. <laughs> and like I... it, de- it definitely hurt in the sense that there were probably a few more games that we probably would have had a shot to win with him. But we were winning a lot of games, <laughs> and that that a lot of that owes to Avila and and the shrewd pickup of Rene Rivera. You were calling for Rene Rivera before we traded for Alex Avila, and Rene Rivera has well, been really really good. The man figured out how to hit. Well, he he's was, never he, hit well in his career, and he figured out how to hit as soon as he put on a. Well, this, this season with the Mets, he was hitting, he was hitting left-handed pitching fairly well. So there was that. And, I mean, for me, like, my thought before we traded for Avila was that Avila was going to cost too much and that it was going to be a difficult deal to do and we'd want a defensive-minded backup. Uh, Brilliant move by the Cubs to get Rivera anyways, even with Avila. Um, The Mets, they let go of... Rivera, they DFA'd him and yep. they waved him and uh, we picked Cubs him up. We, I mean, why not? I mean, mm-hmm. at the time we were down Contreras already, so like having veteran catchers who are great defensive backups is never a bad thing. He was hitting lefties pretty well this season already. Uh, he looks even better at the plate since coming over to the Cubs. But, I mean, the primary assets are he's a great framer. He's a great defensive catcher. He's great at controlling the running game. He calls a really good game with his pitchers. He has all those typical things that you want from a really good veteran backup catcher. I am I am very, very for re-signing Rene Rivera to a one-year contract next year to play backup catcher. Yeah, I mean... Very, he, very for If he would want to come back to us, I would be for that. Um, I think Caratini eventually takes over that role for sure, but having three guys in the fold to start next season wouldn't be a bad idea, because if you start with just Contreras and Caratini next season, then say Caratini or Contreras gets hurt, well then Ian Rice would be your third catcher, and Ian Rice is going to be hitting AAA for the first time next season. Right, that's a little bit scary. Or Taylor Davis is your other catcher. Yeah, so I mean like... He's he's a AAA player, you know. Yeah, I like. I love him. <laughs> I like. He, I I like Taylor Davis, and I, I mean, I especially like Ian Rice. He's a young, and exciting yeah. hitter, and a developing catcher, much like Caratini was, 
at the time he was in double A. But the way I see it is that uh, you don't want to go in with that being your backup plan. I could see a scenario in which the Cubs even start next season with the ro- on the roster with three catchers, simply yeah. because you might not want to send Caratini back to AAA to start this season. Totally possible. It's plausible at least. But you know, regardless, I see I do see a scenario where, I mean, Ian Rice will obviously be important, but like I said, you don't want to start the season with two of your three. Mm, primary catchers in Caratini and Rice being heavily inexperienced in the majors at the position. Uh, So bringing back, getting somebody like Rivera, and in this case, maybe Rivera himself would be really excellent. Mm -hmm. I I just look in and think, uh, you know, and it's exactly what you said, right? Wilson Contreras, uh, Victor Caratini, Taylor Davis, Ian Rice are pretty much like the four catchers of the top. And then I guess you got Carlos Corporan is maybe the other one that I can – he's playing at AAA right now. He may, he may end up not playing next year. But I look at that group and I say if Wilson goes down, there's not a person who, or a catcher whom I trust to call games. right? Wilson is a great game caller already and he's getting better. Rene Rivera is the kind of catcher who could come in and work. I mean, you can already tell he works very well with the Cubs staff already. I think that this is a no-brainer move. Give the man some money and, you know, let him work in the offseason with these pitchers. Man, I think that he alone can improve him kind of like, you know, and I don't want to – it's the it's the backup catcher trope. But David Ross, how David Ross improved the entire team, I think Rene Rivera can do that out of, you know, helping Wilson Contreras call games. Well, you he's know, a – picking. Getting that left-handed, you know, occasional left-handed start where he hits lefties well. You know, obviously Wilson hits lefties well too, but Wilson can play left field. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's very similar to the David Ross of 2015. You know, the David Ross who's usually an, a, a, a little bit above average player. He's a, he's a good defensive backup catcher, controls the running game, calls a good game with his pitchers uh excellent framer does all of those things very well hits lefties well enough to get him into the lineup every now and then and uh let wilson take days off as needed uh he's good he's good for that and um you know he's he's i think he's one of the more excellent guys out there for that kind of role uh and just and just like Ross, he's a he's he's a bit older. He's a bit older mm-hmm. too. He's like 35 years old. Uh, I don't mind. Bring him back and. Mm-hmm. That's this is this is the easiest one for me, you know. And and while we're in a tight division race, I hate looking forward to the off season. You know, we're close. We're we have an 80 something percent chance to make the playoffs right now, according to Fangraphs. We're close. Right. If we just get into the playoffs, that's all we need, and then we're good, and we can push forward for the. Yeah, I mean, it's been a weird. It's been a weird push. It's been a weird season, but as the old adage goes, get to the playoffs, and then anything can happen. Right, and and the Cubs are going to have what maybe you know a 12, 13, 14 percent chance to win the World Series once they get into the playoffs, 
that's fine, right? Yeah, we'll lose one of the series. I mean, look, we won the World Series last year. I'm not going to be torn up by anything except for that Cubs baseball is now off the air and we have to wait months and months to get it back. That that'll be the only thing that upsets me. The Cubs yeah, have, I, have absolutely been, you know, you can feel the hung, the hangover, the World Series hangover. And that's let's not, just get to next year. Let's just get to next year. I'm and, ready. And, and, and it's definitely not the same thing as saying like, I won't feel tense when the playoffs come. But definitely, yes. but definitely, there is a visceral sense that now that we finally won the one that takes the weight of history off of us, that takes that, that gets the monkey off the back. Like, if we get to the playoffs, as long as we get to the playoffs, I'm not going to be too upset with any outcome because there are so many possible outcomes and it's so hard to win back-to-back World Series titles. I mean, that's such a difficult thing to do. And I hope we do it. Of course I do. I'm not saying I don't want us to. I'm just saying that I can be I I can be happy about any outcome really because we won the World Series last season and that doesn't mean I don't want to win more just because but I mean you can't we're not going the reality is we're not going to win the World Series every year you yeah. know it's just like not going to happen baseball is right. too there there's too many variables that go into this sport and especially too many things that happen in playoff baseball when a short series can go to anybody, can go to any team. Indeed, I. And you, it's it's one of those things that where people are just they they live and die with every game, and I I just I can't do that. Even in the playoffs right now, man, we won the World Series last year. The the hundred eight years gone. You know, it'll be one if the Cubs don't win the World Series, and that's the most likely outcome. It is far more likely that the Cubs don't win the World Series than they do. It was that way last year. And yeah, I last mean, year it, last year it would hurt so much more if we had hadn't won Game Seven, or I mean, every know, hadn't won Game Five, or hadn't gone through the, the NLDS. The projection know, systems last season had us in between about twenty and twenty-five percent, depending on which system you were using, chance to win the World Series. And that's really high. Like that was insanely high. That's insanely high for one team. Remember, if including the two wild card teams, there's ten teams that go to the playoffs. That means Mm. there's ten teams potentially who can win the World Series once we get there. And should be ten percent. Yeah, I mean like. And then you weigh it a little bit. Whoever you know, you think the Indians and the Dodgers are better, so you weigh them up a little bit more, and you're like, well, the the whoever wins the AL second AL wild card. I don't even but know we had that. to say that because we had a twenty plus percent chance to win the World Series last season because we were that good. Yep. So that's like, all you can do. That's, like, that's about, that's the, about best the most. You, that's about yep. the best you can do. Really is exactly like <laughs> you know you like one in four. Your best is one in four. That is that's that's just crazy to me, and it's but it's true. The out, the, it's it's a probability of oops, sorry it's a probability of outcomes. Yeah, I mean the there's... outcome that if you run a simulation of these these teams exactly as played, you know, in like in uh, OOTP or something like that, the show, you're gonna get a different outcome every single time because the, this is baseball. It's it's totally yeah, and... to, it's like it's up to chance. So I'm just gonna I'm excited to enjoy this ride as a as a defending champion as. Or as Dabo Swinney says, an attacking champion. 
He hates being on defense like that. Um, Dabo like, and his boys in the swamp. Yep. <laughs> All right, John boys. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we've got we just got so much so much like joy out of that, and it. it I don't want to forget it, you know. <laughs> don't yeah, forget no, it. no. Like, when, we, when we lose. When we lose, go watch. Go watch the highlights of the 2016. Uh, 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 unless we don't lose. Unless, unless we don't, don't lose. Unless and, then we don't. Watch, and, then watch, and then watch highlights 2017 World Series because that one will be pretty good too. But, <laughs> like, I, you know, and I, I always look forward to the next season because that's how I was programmed from 2004 on. Watching the Cubs, they never went to the playoffs. And then when they did go to the playoffs, they got swept out. And so it's just every year, all right, well, it's going to be next season. What happens next season? All right, who are we going to sign in free agency? I'm already looking forward to it. September hits, time to look forward to the next season. I'm still doing that. You know, so we need to re-sign Ren Rivera. We need to look at re-signing Jake, maybe, so, you know, and there's other players. <laughs> but but bot- bottom, bottom line, we just need to make the playoffs. And you can, my, yeah, we're going to, I, I believe it. I, be- I believe so too, but my anxiety as far as getting there and being there Right now, uh, there's two guys who are hurt, and I think you know who I'm going to mention who are instrumental to this team, and that's Addison Russell and Jake Arrieta. Now, I feel better about Jake. We we have no idea what he'll look like when he comes off the DL, but from all indications, his DL stint has been precautionary, has been about resting his arm, uh, he said he's yeah. about to throw a bullpen session. He's going to, uh, pretty soon here, he's going to get in a simulated game. He looks like he's going to be back by the last week of the season and we'll have him in the playoffs. And if okay. he's, and as long as he's, if he's pitching the way he was before the injury, he's going to be damn hard to hit. He was on an incredible run. Mm-hmm. Really I was. Have, yeah. Jake, Jake being back for the playoffs and being himself is is going to be really, uh, really, really helpful. It'll be special. I also, and and also just an, as a note for the for the injury bug, Wilson just came back uh, from a hamstring injury, and he is instrumental. And if we get Wilson back, and if we get Addison Russell back at shortstop, and then Javi back at second, and then Ian Happs in center field, I mean, this is a good group when everybody's healthy. And Addison Russell is a really good shortstop, like. People forget that, and I know that's a joke we make, that people forget the Cubs win the World Series. But Aston Russell is really good. People forget that, especially when Javi Baez is in there excelling and playing a great shortstop. And, uh, he is a fantastic backup shortstop. And and so, and so <laughs> Joe, Joe and Theo and Jed, they've said some things in recent comments that suggest that uh, if he comes back, it might be hard for him to play shortstop. And I'm like, just put him at second then. It's it's ama- it's you weird. You know, like any confi- I don't know why I don't any... know why it would be difficult for him, but it wouldn't right. be. It, it really they're not <laughs> saying it would be. They're just not committing themselves to that yet. It's best not to commit <laughs> yourselves to an idea publicly like that. But I mean, yeah. uh, if the time comes and it's like okay, putting trying to throw from deep in the hole at shortstop would put too much stress on your plantar fasciitis in your foot, then. Okay. Then play him at second, because <laughs> any any infield configuration with Russell and Baez makes us a better team. I go back to the year he played most of his season at second base, just looking for the fielding data, and he was not as good at second base as I recall. And yeah, that would be true. 
um, as he was at shortstop that year alone. <laughs> but he is an incredible shortstop, like rivaled only by – the only one he's trailing right now in baseball is Indrelton Simmons. Yeah, who is and the he's best short fielding he, he, shortstop. He, he's a he's a great defensive shortstop, and I think he's improved too as a player. So I mean, if you put him at second now, I think he'd be really good. And I mean, I'm not putting down our other second base options. Zobrist is a very sure-handed second base defender, and uh, Hap is okay. He's, Ian Hap is a good center fielder. That this is Ian, something Ian Hap, that I, Ian I went in. in. Shockingly, he, the man never played center field until he made the big leagues. <laughs> or no, he played it in Triple A. Like he had very little experience in center field. Now he's brought positive numbers in center field. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's very, very good in center field. To the point that I would, I would, I would rather rather there than second base always. Yeah, no, he's a Ian Happ is playing real well in center field. Uh, he's quicker than we had realized, so that's one thing. He, uh, you know, he he seems to really he has decent instincts out there. Not as good as Almora's, but uh, he he knows what he's doing out there. He's played enough out there that he has a general feel for it, and uh, he looks good at the position. And you know, he's hit well. He's hit well this season. He's been a bigger contributor to the overall team effort than I think most people thought he would be this season. I think there was probably some thought that he might be a second half call up or a September call up, but mm-hmm. he came up but he came up in May and ever since has been a huge help to the lineup. But, you know, I mean my big concern is that you know, I've been worried about this ever since Russell went on the DL uh, and I'm st- more worried about it now, and especially once they announced plantar fasciitis, I was really worried. I'm worried about the fact that he's just done, that he's just done for the season, because that is, I mean, I don't, I don't know how many people listening to this are Bulls fans, probably a number, but uh, the those those among the, the our listeners who are Bulls fans will remember Joe Kim Noah and his constant battling of plantar fasciitis, which basically, like, has destroyed his career. Um, I, I had I had plantar fasciitis for about uh, three months, and it was one of those where I didn't do anything to fix it because I wasn't doing anything active, but I couldn't do anything active because every time I walked, my foot hurt. It's, it's really annoying, and... <laughs> It's more annoying than it is painful, but trying to do anything athletic is just a oh, it's a bummer. Like they're probably shooting him up with crazy amounts of cortisone right now. It's and it's worth noting that I did see earlier today, and I can't find the tweet. Someone said he would be back for the Brewer series. So there's that. I mean, he's been running on it. He says he's been feeling better, and if he comes back, I'll be ecstatic. I just hope that the Cubs go easy on him uh, until the end of, if he comes back before the end of the season like have him on the Wilson Contreras first week back plan where you mm-hmm. where you play him five innings and then remove him we can easily do that we can accommodate that especially with the expanded roster and I think that would be a good way to go about that mm-hmm. I would be ecstatic if we got Russell back and if he could play in the playoffs and even if 
he can't come back and hit quite as well as he had been hitting. Uh, still, the defensive gains we get from having him out there, the ability to deploy him in the middle infield with uh, with Baez is really, really good. And it would be great to have him back because we we miss him. You know, he especially our our versus lefties lineup really misses him. Mm-hmm. You know, because the, the best configuration against lefties has him in the lineup for sure. Mm. When we can put both him and Baez in the lineup because they both hit lefties well, it really helps. It really helps a lot. It'll, mm-hmm. It would be nice to have him back in there uh, just for mixing and matching in the playoffs because you do want to play those matchup games where you have to, where you need to, because, uh, I mean, that's how that's how you win. That's how you win these games. In the playoffs, it's just these short series where you almost do have to micromanage a lot of things. Uh, it'd be good to have... Addison Russell is a really good player. I can't mm-hmm. wait to get him back. Mm-hmm. Yep, Mark Grote, I think, was the one who Mark said Grody, it. Mark Grote, yay. No, it was, just kidding. It was Mark Gonzalez. Mark Gonzalez, Mark. okay. That Russell's makes, return. That makes more sense. Br- he said Russell's return by Brewer Series looking more realistic. That's good. No, that's good. Also, I mean, that's not also, saying... also, Phil Rogers said Cubs are 47 and 34 this year with Addison Russell starting at shortstop, 32 and 32 otherwise. Fair to say they've missed him. So. I mean, some of that is. I mean, some of that is definitely, like, cherry-picking data. Um, But for what it's worth, we are much better with Addison Russell. I think it's safe to say that. I think it's safe to say that, Mm -hmm. like I said, uh, definitely the versus lefties lineup is better. The infield defense is better. Um yeah, those are those are the two things that are especially much better when we have Addison Russell, uh, and you know Javi Baez can actually take a breather every once in a while mm-hmm. yeah. when Addie's around. Uh, Javi's been extraordinary filling in for him at shortstop. Like that's that's the big thing. He has been extraordinary, and uh, I can't wait to see if Javi can continue hitting like this next season. But new Javi has hit the ball real well. What's What sucks about new Javi, who is very good, but he is buoyed by a very high batting average on balls in play, and he is still at 100 WRC+. plus. He has barely been over league average, but man, has he hit the ball. He slugged very well, um, and I'm very happy with the player Javi has become. He is over two wins above replacement. I think he probably hits near three, especially if he keeps up, you know, what he did last night, which was just incredible. Keeps up that pace. and I mean, he can – he can if he can ever get on a hot streak where he just has like ten games in a row where he just goes off. And hell, I hope they're in the playoffs. I hope Javi's – he just – you can't get him out. If you throw it outside off the plate, he just lets it go because if, if he can just start doing that, then he will be – if he can just start laying off those outside pitches, he could be, you know, one of the superstars of this league. And yeah, that's, I mean, that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing, right? Is if he can learn just to lay off of that, he doesn't he doesn't he'll never walk like 12 or 13% of the time. That'll never happen. But if he learns never. to if he learns to just not swing as much as he does at that 
pitch tailing away. Oh boy, look out! Uh-huh. Yeah, I just I look at it. He's got 13 intentional walks and 27 regular walks. If you take away his intentional walks, you know he's he, his walk rate's not very high still. And so from there, I say you know the man the man needs to to work on that laying off. But I I really think he can. I really really do. I believe in him. So there you go. Javi Baez. Javi Baez talk. We had to had to had to do it. All right. But, uh, so we're getting near the end of the show, right? And yeah. So, we're... so we should have what what final comments from you, David? <sighs> Relax. <laughs> we're good. We'll be all right. This is the part where, if I were a more enterprising host, I would have queued up. Relax. Don't do it. But... Yep. <laughs> Yeah. We need that, you know, a little relax. Just don't worry, be happy. That'd be a good one. That's a good one, yeah. I, yep. Yeah, yeah. Because even if, what if the worst happens and the Cardinals go freaking 18 and zero the rest of the way, and, and the Cubs just don't do that, and and they and they don't win the division, they don't make the playoffs. I mean, what is the absolute worst that happens? They they have a really good team for next year, and they're rested up. They don't have to play the playoffs. That's it. But here's like, the good here's the good news. The Cardinals aren't going to go 18 and 0 the rest of the way. Yep. So there <laughs> so there's that. There you go. My last comments on that note bringing up 18 in a row. Congrats to Cleveland. Yes. On setting the new AL uh record for win streak. Mm-hmm. Uh they're just about to kick off their game. I have it on on MLB Network. They're about to kick off tonight's game, but uh you know, just they they've done an excellent job here and <laughs> I I have been saying that I personally would have given a bunch of the starters the night off tonight for them. They they don't appear to be uh doing so. I think they're still in a playoff positioning race in the AL. Uh but me me personally I would have been like Hey guys, uh, you know, take a load off. You just won 21 in a row. Mm-hmm. But they're still going hard at it. So, but congrats to them. I mean, I have nothing against Cleveland, and if it can't be the Cubs this year, there's no team I'd rather see win the World Series than Cleveland. There's, I have three teams that I'll be cheering for. Uh, should the Cubs get knocked out by the Nationals or the Cubs get Miss the playoffs entirely. I think much more likely to either play the win, it beat the Nationals, and then. But I'll be cheering for the Diamondbacks in the wild card game. I really like that team minus Zach Greinke. Um, everybody on there is awesome and they're good. I really like the Indians. Obviously, the <laughs> them losing out. I mean, I would have cheered for them last year if the Cubs hadn't been in the World Series. And then the other team would be the Astros. I really like George Springer, Carlos Correa. That's a fun little team. Um, they'll be they'll be fun to watch. But other than that, man, I don't I don't care. I won't be I won't be yeah, cheering but, for anybody but the Cubs. Yeah, but fun little baseball thing there. So congrats once again to Cleveland. Oh, for so, sure. Uh, everyone, just relax, take it easy, try to breathe. Uh, Enjoy during, it. The, uh, during these last few weeks of the Cubs season, we'll be back with you soon. Thanks for listening. As always, make sure to stay tuned for more announcements and uh, follow us at. Sing Cubby Blues on Twitter. I'm at DG Bloomberg at Twitter, and my other David here is at D West Nine Cubs. 
So we'll see you soon, guys. Thanks again. Thank uh, you. Have a great Cubby week. See ya. Bye. Bye. Sing Those Cubby Blues is co-hosted by David Bloomberg and David Westgreen. Produced and edited by David Bloomberg, with logo provided by Randall J. Sanders, who can be found at Randall J. Sanders on Twitter. To find more information about the podcast, go to at Sing Cubby Blues on Twitter or visit one of us at DG Bloomberg or at DWest9Cubs on Twitter, where you can engage with us and talk about us and maybe even give us ideas for future episodes. Once again, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll return for the next episode, which we hope to have up soon. Keep following the Cubs, keep cheering them on, and you'll be hearing from us again in the future. Thanks.